I'm Latavius Murray. I'm Yusuf Abdul Qadir. And Murray catches a scene. Here goes Latavius Murray in for the score. Because their pensions, their health insurance, their families. So we are funding for other people's communities to have the promise of the American dream while we are denying it in our community. Going to get it in the flat to Murray. He makes a man miss. And a big game for Murray, who's still on his feet inside the 15. The Latavius Murray and everybody making people miss this afternoon. So we want to put in context because it's not just a class issue, it's a race issue. We're telling black and brown people and poor people, you don't matter. And this is Afrofuturist Podcast. This has been an amazing year for for black art, just general, like just amazing music, amazing, uh, you know, movies and, and, and actors. And it's, it's just it's just a great moment for black art. There are three particular movies that, you know, have come out consecutively that have really resonated deeply with with particular themes that are kind of consistent. And in this episode of, of Afrofutures podcast that we're titling This is America, um, we, we want to make sure that folks have, a, have an opportunity to, if they haven't seen the movie, to go watch them, to think about what are the key takeaways that, are, that, that, that resonate with us in, 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 in 2021. So, you know, Latavius is a movie buff. I'm a movie buff. Um, and, and we got three really good movies that we're going to talk about on today's episode. Um, we're going to talk about um, A Night in Miami, which is a movie uh, that's based off of a, a play um, between, you know, it's, a, it's not, it's not a, a, a real version. It's, it's kind of like a, a fictional moment in what would have happened if, uh, you know, Sam Cooke and Malcolm X and Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali got together one night in Miami. What, what would that be like? And, and, and we would got the chance to be flies in the room in that movement. The second movie that we're going to talk about today um, is the United States versus Billie Holiday. Amazing, amazing, amazing acting by it's just it's just amazing altogether. Uh, and then the third movie that we're going to talk about is, is another great, really another really amazing film, Judas and the Black Messiah, which which chronicles the life of Fred Hampton, um, the former chairman of the Black Panther Party in Chicago. So I got so many things on my mind about these movies, Latavius. Um, but I want to yeah. get your thoughts. Like, you know, what of the three movies, what which of the three like resonated with you most, and like, what were your major takeaways? Yeah, of the three, obviously, right away it has to be One Night in Miami. I figured. Uh, I figured. <laughs> Brown, you know, uh, Hall of Fame running back. I play running back. Syracuse grad. Come on. So the connection was there immediately, but. Uh, but also Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, uh, Sam Cooke. Um, uh, so just just uh, the fact of you know today and it relating to um, what I thought was uh, Malcolm really trying to make a point for those guys to use their uh, platform right to 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 speak out uh, you know for the black uh, community. Um, and so we obviously are in that world today where we have that opportunity more so than before. Um, and so it was just uh, real cool to see that, how those two kind of relate, especially today. No, I, so, I mean, I, I loved all of them. Right. And, um, I'm, I'm black and I'm Muslim. Right. So, you know, and I, I, I went to Syracuse university. Right. So I, I definitely felt a lot of, 
it resonated a lot with me, a lot of the, the characters and the folks. I mean, you know, my, my parents came into Islam, you know, through, you know, inspiration from Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X, right? Those, those are the, the community that they came out of. And as a person who's Muslim and black, um, you know, he is like a giant for me. Um, both Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X are, are giants. Um, yeah. But y- you said something that really, that really hit a chord with me. You talked about how they use their platforms, right? Especially Jim Brown, you, you being a running back, he being a running back, the Syracuse connections. And for people who don't know, Latavius um, grew up outside of Syracuse. I live in Syracuse. Um, I went to Syracuse University. So, you know, there's, there's that connection as well. Um, but, you know, using the platform is, is, is so important in the way that I think Malcolm was trying to talk to and, and, and with, um, you know, all of these, these giants, right? Like you have this amazing singer who, who is just, his voice is just powerful, deeply powerful. You have two amazing athletes, you know, world-class athletes. And this, this, this is Jim Brown at, at his height, Muhammad Ali as, he, as he's like becoming the world champion. And each of them are, are kind of struggling with like, I want to be successful, but also these problems that are affecting our community. And we saw in 2020, every sports team, like every sports football and basketball and baseball and tennis and major league soccer. And we saw every sports league engage um, in in and in the the movements that were happening after the 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 killing of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor, I just I want to get you you know what does that feel like for you? Like how do you balance between you know wanting to be at the peak of your career in, in the NFL and and also seeing that as a black man, like our people are being killed in yeah. every way. You know how does that resonate with you and specifically with you? Yeah, it's, I think, again, you can you can draw another point from the movie to where for Sam, right, he, mm. you know, it wasn't like he mentioned, he had, you know, songs, you know, speaking out about what was going on back in that time, right? But, but he was just making music in his mind. He, it wasn't, there wasn't anything he was doing wrong, right? And Malcolm made a point to say, well, you have, a, you have the, uh, the duty to speak out for your people. So I think it's a, you can draw some similarities to where guys, there's a lot of guys that just want to play football, right? They don't want to, you know, be an activist in in what it may seem. Um, So balancing the two, I just think, again, it's about realizing uh, that platform and the position that you're in and knowing that you can make a difference, right? When speaking out, standing up for things you believe in and um, using that platform as a way to help uh, the black community or your community personally. And so I think it just came to that understanding for me, which is one of the reasons, again, while I reached out to you um, and how this podcast even came about, because it was like, man, what can I, what can I do? Um, You know, here I have a guy that's, um, you know, living in it, breathing in it, you know, in a daily, it's your, it's your life work, if you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I am, this athlete uh, that, you know, just been playing football majority of my life, but I want to do more than that. I want to make an impact. I want to uh, make change and that's what we need. And so uh, again, you could tie two similarities to the, to the, you know, to the movie and uh, in, in today's world and definitely specifically to me and wanting to reach out to you and trying to uh, do something within the community. I think that's right. There is this 
this rich history of black activism, um, particularly black athletes and activism, <clears throat> and black singers and activism, and black people using their platforms. And there's also a contrast between like folks, you know, just wanting to like exist, right, and wanting to have to like just make money and get out of poverty and and take care of their families. And those those are real. And I don't think it's fair to 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 make a judgment on what people do. But you know, if you have great power and a platform, you know, in some respects, in many respects, you have a unique responsibility. But you 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 raised something, particularly because you started with Sam. I thought you were going to go to like, you know, <laughs> Jim Brown, but you started with Sam Cooke. So it makes me want to yeah. it makes me want to jump to um, really the brilliant performance, uh, you know, in, in United States versus Billie Holiday. Right. And yeah. I mean, that is the most fresh in my mind because I just saw it last night. And so I got like so many feelings about it and I, I gotta watch it again just because it it was powerful the, you know the, that one hour and 57 or whatever minutes was truly powerful um yeah. but in both of the really all three of the films um you have the u.s government through the federal bureau of investigation monitoring and surveilling black liberation activists right people who are using their platforms to make broader awareness to the public about the plight of black people. And I thought it was masterful the way that, you know, they showed the way that the government um, has done that and they still do that today, right? It's not, you know, it didn't disappear. In each of the right. movies you find, you know, an infiltrator, right? Someone who is is pretending to be your peoples but is infiltrating. Um, yep. In each of them you have the government targeting particularly people who are have a huge platform and trying to like um really really sully their 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 um their credibility and 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 discredit them by by trying to embarrass them them publicly and and really a full-out assault on those people and this is so true with billy holiday right i mean her song strange fruit which if you don't know the song strange fruit this Apple Heard music. It, it's, been, it's been sampled, right? Yeah, right. Like you, yeah. you can you can go for the people who don't know it, go on YouTube and listen to it. Um, because it it's it's it, it chronicles a moment, a long period in American history where black people were being lynched and simply for being black. And again, that hasn't ended because what happened to Ahmaud Arbery is a modern day lynching, right? It's 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 the same thing where your blackness is you know, worthy of you being killed by by white people fundamentally because they feel that they have the privilege to do so. You looked at someone the wrong way or they perceived you a certain way and, and therefore justifies them to extrajudicially kill you, kill you outside of the legal process. Um, and, and it just, it was it was crazy because you, you look at the movie and, you know, in one scene in, in, in the beginning, you know, she's got a heroin addiction um, and she's had a traumatic life and, She's talking about how, you know, the, the heroin helps her to cope. And for many people, drug addiction is a way that they cope. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's just a reality for a lot of people. Their circumstances right. create that outcomes for them. And she says, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll do with, with Judy Garland, right? And Judy Garland is another famous actress of the time. She's Dorothy in Wizard of Oz, right? I'll just do what Judy Garland does and I'll just go to rehab and I'll get help. Except they didn't do that for her, right? And so right. They, they, they brought her to jail. They brought her to prison. And I just wanted to get, you know, I got so much to say, but I just want to get your thoughts on, the, on that movie and, and the way that they targeted her through her drug addiction, 
just because of her singing the song Strange Fruit? You know, obviously it's 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 a movie, right? But 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 it also you just you just just get this feeling of some type of fear where man, they're, if they're willing to do anything, if they're willing to go to those depths to keep somebody quiet, right? To um, silence uh, someone um, um, based on an actual right that they have, right? An actual song. This is her work. Um, it's just a scary, it's a scary thought to have. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, now today, um, you may see a lot of guys afraid of speaking out, afraid of the, the lashback um, on just speaking out on what they believe in and what they feel is right. Um, and so when you look at the FBI uh, infiltrating um, not only just here in Billy Holiday movie, but uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, mm. uh, our own people. It, it's just a it's just a, a, a scary thing to see the, the depths that the government will go um, just to silence um, a black community and not liber- uh, allow someone to liberate them uh, or the fear of being liberated. Yeah, you you, you know Latavius. And it it didn't end right, and we're definitely going to talk about uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Fred Hampton's story is is deep, but there's something you said that really affected me. Like I'm, I I I work in civil rights. It's what I do. You know, I'm I'm, you know, I got a, I got a kid. I have a wife, and it's a struggle. You know, it's a real struggle because you think about, um, I don't want crosses burned in my yard. I don't want um, tires popped or like. You know, something that happened to my family because of my activism. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my mom doesn't live far from me, and she's she's elderly. I don't want anything to happen to her. You know, as a collateral effect. <clears throat> and those real um, those real fears um, aren't just there hyperbolically. Like th- those are the things that I think about every night. Right? Like I like I I really think about you know. I have to do everything by the book because if I don't, then I could be vilified day in and day out. In fact, that's like the strategy, right? Like the strategy that they used was to vilify people. And it's not something that ended in the 1970s, right? Like you you can see under the war on terror how that happened to Muslims. You can see under Black Lives Matter how Black Lives Matter activists um, have been targeted in Syracuse, right? Targeted, surveilled. but, you know, the story of Fred Hampton, um, it, it's just, again, all of these are rich, amazing movies, but the story of Fred Hampton is just powerful because what was, what was he guilty of, right? He was guilty of bringing together Puerto Ricans and the Latino community, bringing together the Native American community and white Americans and black people and say, listen, we are all oppressed in this system. That was his crime. Right. His right. crime was solidarity between groups. And he was able to effectively pull the poor and marginalized of every stripe together. That was his crime. It was the power that the government feared. It was the power that these individuals had, uh, the power of the song Billy Holiday's uh, song made, uh, the power that uh, Malcolm X had. You've seen uh, you know, a clip towards the end there, they, he was being followed. You know, I think that's the big storyline on all of these. It's just the power that they did not want uh, these individuals to have and the fear of that power that they had and what that might be able to do. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, 
uh, a few lines from the Billie Holiday movie is like, you know, uh, drugs and niggers are a contamination to our great American civilization, right? Like they were trying to find everything to go after her, right? And 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 the same thing with Fred Hampton, right? Like the same thing with Malcolm X, right? And you know, Martin Luther King was also monitored, surveilled. People who we look at as giants were not giants. You know, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali did pay a price. You know, he would he was he paid a price. Um, whether yeah. it was Billie Holiday's revoking of her cabaret car so that she couldn't sing her song or it's Muhammad Ali later on in his life um, you know being pushed out of the boxing world because of his you know conscientious objections to going to the Vietnam War you know it just no matter what it was it was an attempt to reduce these individuals to to attack them in ways that just because they're fighting for their lives and you you kind of bookend that to like what we saw on January 6th Right. You have folks who are organizing in the case of all the people that we just mentioned for their freedom, for their liberation, who are fighting for equality and equal protection, the things that America promises. Right. That America promises all of these things to the country. You have all of these people pushing America to be the country that it says it sh- that it is and trying to make it a country that it ought to be. Right. In fact, they probably believe in America more than America believes in itself. Right. That's the, right. that's the irony. Right. Um, and then on January 6th, you got people literally storming the Capitol, right, who it was surreal to watch, right, like to overthrow an election, to overthrow an election. And they were assisted by members of Congress and police officers in the Capitol Police. I mean, just the stark contrast of like how Black Lives Matter activists show up. And you got armored vehicles, you got rubber bullets, you got mace, you got pepper spray, you got water tanks, you got, you know, militarized formations. And people are literally storming the Capitol and no one shows up. And this is America. And, and that, that's why we really to really have this topic today centered around that idea, because we have this contrast between what lessons from history we fail to continue to learn. And I think what these three movies really show clear is just there's been a lot that has changed, but there's so much that has been consistent. Um, yeah. And so, please, go ahead, Latavius. No, let me, I, I was going to ask you something because, mm-hmm. I, you know, one of my classmates uh, mentioned, you know, we were talking about uh, democracy and it's uh, democracy declining, um, you know, just not domestically, but internationally. Um, our predatory states rising and he, he was talking about when they stormed the capital and how it almost made it seem like it was okay like hey if, if it's okay if that's what they chose to do and in my mind I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting back like you know if I didn't know anything about public administration and just growing up uh, it wasn't until this election, right? And it wasn't until this transfer of power to where I've seen something like this happen. So so why is it okay now? It hadn't happened before. Uh, you know, there wasn't all this, uh, you know, uh, you know, a false election and, uh, you know, cheating and voting and voter fraud. Um, but just why now, right? Why when, 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 when this president time is up it's time to leave office a, a guy who i want to say ignited a lot of a lot of the division that we have mm-hmm. today 
why 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 is it okay now that if that they chose to not have a peaceful transfer of power um yeah i mean i i think um so another another connection we have we both i have a degree in public administration so i'm i'm happy to hear that um, i'm working working on it working on it. <laughs> you know um Latavius, there was a, there was a there's a lot that resonated with what you said um and i i think a part of the problem that we have is that we don't we as a country have been effective at hiding history so that we don't really know the history. And a part of the history has been, whether it's communities in the South after reconstruction, you know, these things are not new. Like this is, this has happened in the US before, right? It's not happened in the Capitol, right? Like we haven't had like the storming of, of the Capitol um, in the way that we saw that. That's new, that's different. But this attempt to overturn an election um, or overturn elections because of black people gaining political power, which is really what this is about. This is really about there's a shift culturally in the country where there is this fear. Um, it's a fear that white folks have that really is not legitimate fear to have, but it's a fear that's there. The data talks about this. The media talks about it as kind of, um, which I always get frustrated about the way the media makes it like sound like, you know, oh, you know, it's just... It's just disaffected white voters. No, they're not disaffected, right? Like they, they're, they're afraid that there is a rising minority that is becoming a majority of the country, that, that the color of power is shifting. And that really typified when Obama became president because it was clear, right? It was stark. They're like, wait, like how the hell do we get to let a black man become the president? I want to note that he's half black, right? So, you know, I mean, he's a right. black man. I'm not taking his blackness from him. But it's just it's, it's just an interesting idea to, to deal with. But we'll, we'll tackle that in another um, another podcast for another day. Um, but the moment that you see black voters and brown voters and Asian-American voters and Native American voters, right, in key states across the country, right, like in in Arizona, how do how do we win Arizona, a state that we haven't won in some time? because of Native Americans showing up to vote? How do we win Georgia? Because of the mobilization of black voters, of Asian American voters, right? It's, it's the sense that like all the tricks that we use to like, and by we, I mean that, you know, the, 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 those who want to preserve white supremacy have used to be able to suppress votes, to make it difficult to vote, to basically kind of continue a racial caste system in this country, um, that those tools, we were able to out-organize it. And so the only thing left that they could do was to like try to legitimately overthrow the capital, like like try to storm the capital. That's that's the last resort. And if you notice, he didn't just bring this up now. He's been doing that since he's the first time he ran for president, talking about quote unquote right. Second Amendment remedies. Because the, what the Second Amendment talks about is if you have an oppressive regime, you know you can use the Second Amendment to overthrow a government. And that's that's really what he had been hinting at for several years. And his followers, you know, disaffected as they may be, have been able to mobilize. And I think that's a part of that's a part of the, the history that because we don't talk about these issues in a real critical race way, in a real intersectional way, in a way that uncovers that, we're able to look at what happened January 6th as 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 a like if it, as if it happened in a vacuum, an abstract of the the 200 plus years of history of our a democracy that got us to that moment. And so it, yeah. there are a lot of lessons there, a lot of lessons. So how do you feel about um, when, when if, if someone were to say to you, 
don't tie, you know, one party or a party member, right, to, to, to the whole party, you know, just because, you know, if you want to call Trump the bad apple doesn't mean, uh, you know, that they all are. What's your response to that? Because you, you, I hear that a lot uh, regarding uh, when you have these, you know, differences and, and arguments to make uh, around, you know, what he did or didn't do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I never... I, ne- I, I never believe in collective guilt. Like, I just don't believe in blaming an entire group of people for what individuals do. But um, <clears throat> somehow Muslims have to experience that. Like, you know, all Muslims have to answer for the small percentage of Muslims who engage in terrorism. Like, somehow all black people have to answer for the small number of black people that, that are engaged in gang violence. Somehow Latinos have to answer for, you know, some person who engaged in some violent act. And somehow, like, we people of color are all responsible for all people of color like I, I you probably heard this i heard this growing up that like you're an example of our race so you have to why do i have to be why can't i be an example for me you <laughs> know why do i have to wear all black people on my shoulders right like i'm honestly because i love being black i'm with it right every day of the week i'm gonna rep black people i'm gonna make sure to do everything to advance our people and so i'm with it like i'm not i'm not even gonna push back on it but why is that why does that standard exist for us but you know, 75 million people voted for Trump, a man who clearly overtly talked about a pandemic and saying you can put bleach and, you know, somehow that'll make it disappear. Like somehow talked about, you know, Mexicans as being rapists in such a disgusting, offensive way. Talked about women in demeaning, disgusting ways. Talked about, you know, black people, you know, what do you got to lose? I don't know, my life, my job, everything. You know, the, the way that he talked about Muslims and wanted to have a Muslim ban, like, you can go down the list. And I'm not saying all people who voted for him are racist, but I am saying everyone who voted for him were, were okay with racism existing because there's no way that you could have supported him without being okay with what he was talking about. If you just supported him because you're going to get tax cuts, tax cuts at what expense? If you support him because he's good for your business, good for your business at what expense? If you supported him because you like what he was saying, he was tough, tough and like what he's saying at what expense? At the expense of the rest of us? And I'm just supposed yeah. to like kumbaya, hug and kiss and nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not with it. I'm just not. So I don't blame all people who supported him for that. But if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it almost certainly always is a duck. And I don't often see dogs quacking like ducks, in my opinion. Well, well you, you brought up a, uh, a point earlier. And uh, we can circle back to the book. Yeah. Or sorry, to the movies. And how the FBI purposely used uh, black people, used our own people, you know, to infiltrate and, and, and destroy. Yeah. Um, it, it makes me think about um, uh, uh, the Malcolm X book when I read it, the autobiography, and almost in a scene how, how we, uh, were, we were brainwashed at times, mm-hmm. um, right? Kind of almost as a, as a servant, um, you know, to the white man. Um, and so I just wanted to get your thoughts on on the fact that they were using black people um, to infiltrate and maybe how that relates to today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and some of us that may be, uh, quote unquote, brainwashed, if I'm being honest. So it's definitely a sense. So there, there are two types, right? There's there's those who are like whole committed to the cause who are brainwashed. Right. And just a part of white supremacy and white supremacist culture is that we're all, we are all acculturated to it. 
our standards of beauty are based on how light one is or how approximate to whiteness one is. Like, why is, quote-unquote, good hair the straighter hair that you have? You know, why is, quote-unquote, a, br- a prettier woman the lighter she is? You know, all of these things are a part of a function of, like, a white supremacist culture. And I don't use the word racism because I think it's easy for people to, like, you know, misinterpret what racism is. I use white supremacy because that's what it is, right? And I want to be clear about what I mean when I say white supremacy. What I mean is white, heteronormative, Christian, male dominance. Like, that's the standard. And everyone else is less of a human the further away that you go from that center. If you're a white woman, well, you still got privilege because you're a white woman, but you're not a white man, right? If you are a gay man, you still have privilege, but you're not, you know, a, 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 a white heterosexual gay, a white heterosexual man, right? And so this happens also for black people because we want to ascribe to being in that center. And as a part of a function of slavery, you have the house end and, and the field end, right? So you wanted to be in Masa's house because you got some better privilege, right? You got you got the scraps of the food, but at least you had the warmth of being in the house, right? Like you didn't have to toil in the fields, right? You got to at least be, you know, yeah, you were taking care of the baby and all the other things that you had to endure, but you had a better circumstance. And so that brainwashing comes from that that historical acculturation of having to having to survive and wanting to be approximate to whiteness. And then there's the other side, right? There's the like manipulation of people and using things against them that we saw in Judas and the Black Messiah, right? Um, Or in the case of Fletcher, like his mom talked about it. His mom, um, I think there's a line in the movie where she says, um, you know, when he says to her, like, I'm like one of the first black federal agents ever. And she's like, they're using you. It's not just about the drugs. They don't want her to sing the song. She's singing it for all of us, right? And That's what it's about, right? So they will they will use every tool and tactic, and it didn't just end after COINTELPRO became publicly aware. It just went underground and became, you know, different. And so, like in in the two thousands in the war on terror, you had that happening to to Muslim Americans in this country, right? Which is why it's important for us to center white supremacy because other people of color can sometimes be fooled to think that they got the privilege, right? They got the complexion for protection, as we say. But you don't, because you will also be a target. If you are in in the Muslim American community, you know that you were put on a registry after 9-11. That happened. You know, the NYPD monitored and surveilled Muslim students across New York State, even in Syracuse University, which is 300 miles away from New York City, right? That didn't just, like, dissipate. That's a real thing. If you think about you know, Black Lives Matter activists, right? And and the way that the FBI created this fictitious idea of black identity extremists, right? And what the way the way that they were able to like gather intelligence, as they say, was to infiltrate those movements with community members from those communities. And so those things are happening. So we gotta be cautious and we gotta be thoughtful and we gotta think about ways to organize that are not gonna be infiltrated and to protect ourselves in this world of like Internet of Things, where every device is connected to the Internet, like every communication you have can be monitored, can be intercepted, can be collected and looked at. Um, and that's the way that like they've always, like, whether it was tapping a phone or, or, or getting your, your Facebook Messenger messages that you sent to people, those are the ways that th- those problems still continue today. Um, and it's not just at the FBI, it's also your local police department. I just want to let folks know that like, if you haven't seen the movies, um, you got to watch them. They're powerful. They're important. Um, and and they're, they're really 
getting us to understand how this is a continued theme throughout America, whether it's trying to stop black movements, um, targeting leaders of movements. Um, it's going to be a, cons it's a consistent part of American history that didn't just die. It's not history. It's our current reality. Um, this is America. <laughs> uh, this is America through and through. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening to us. This is Yousef and Latavius on the Afrofutures podcast. Afrofutures is produced by WAER Public Radio with producers Joe Lee and Kevin Kloss. <laughs>